0: In today's show, we're going to take a look at all of the action in the NBA on Tuesday. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast. And at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter, as always, at Redrock underscore Beeble, and on Instagram at LockedOnFantasyBasketball. Basketball. As I said, we're looking at all of the action. From Tuesday, and there were some very, very interesting results. So let's start talking about those games straight away. The first one of those games was probably one of the most interesting games we'll see of the season. No Kevin Durant for the Brooklyn Nets. They went crazy with their starting lineup, and they smashed the Utah Jazz. 130-96. to Let's start with the Jazz side of things. And on a positive note, Donovan Mitchell got to the line 10 times. We've been talking about, or I've been talking about, uh, how much we want to see him get to the line. And it happened. Let's see if it can sustain. 8 of 10 from the line, 46% shooting for 31 points. No steals, no blocks, only four assists. So a little bit empty overall, but still a pretty uh, a pretty encouraging performance for Donovan Mitchell. He hasn't been great this season. We're well aware of that. He's not only just a top 100 player over the course of the season. So he is a bit of a buy low guy on the back of that. He, in a points league, he has cracked the top 50 and he did drop 39 fantasy points in today's game. Rudy Gobert had 10 and 11 with two blocks, but only three of 10 from the field. Jarrett Allen really destroyed him, but weirdly he was 80% from the line. So that was a a nice little bonus there. But overall, the minutes are just so low here. I talked in the Sal High video about Mike Conley and his three-point shooting, how it wasn't going to sustain. In the end, he had eight points in 27 minutes on three of 10 shooting and uh, still shot 40% from three. It was just that his twos fell way off. He had five assists and a steal. It's obviously not panic time for Conley. It might be a bit panicky for Boyan Bogdanovich. Now, he shot awesome last game, but that was at 70 plus percent and it was never going to continue. Back to 29%, he had two of seven from the field and no threes, three rebounds, one assist, no steals, no blocks. He's not a droppable player yet but he is the 217th ranked player over the course of the season. I reckon in a points league, in a 10-team points league, you'd consider dropping Boyan. In fact, in a 10-team category league or shallower, I would probably be dropping Boyan Bogdanovich because he just doesn't offer enough in multiple areas to be of use to you. I think Joe Ingles has cooked. He's still rostered in far too many leagues. Um, Seven points in 23 minutes. He just looks old out there, uh, which is unfortunate for Joe, but he is old, so it's sort of making more sense, isn't it? It's mad your ass is old. The Nets, though, let's talk about them because they made big changes to the starting lineup. Jarrett Allen finally starting over DeAndre Jordan. The Shark, Bruce Brown. Shark, Brown has only played garbage time minutes this season. He started. The artist formerly known as Torian Prince. He started. Jeff Green. My name is Jeff. He started along with Kyrie Irving. So just wild changes. Joe Harris to the bench. DeAndre Jordan to the bench. Taylor Lawawu Cabareau to the bench. Um, and it worked out. Kyrie was unbelievable. He has been a huge bargain. Let's hope he stays healthy because he's the 6th ranked player so far. 29 and 6, 5 threes, 5 assists, 3 steals, 63% shooting. Unfortunately, didn't get to the free throw line at all. He is the 14th ranked player in points leagues and 6th ranked player in category leagues. He had a nice 51-point performance. He's not as good in points leagues as he is in category leagues, but let's talk Jarrett Allen. That's the big story. 32 minutes for Jarrett, 19 and 18, 3 steals, 2 blocks, from the field. He should not ever come off the bench again. It's all going to come down to minutes though with him. He's the 62nd ranked player already in 24 minutes a game, which is a great effort. Can he get to 29, 30 minutes a night? You know that I've talked about him in the past that if he plays 39, I think he's a top 50 season in him. Is this the year? Uh, Look, make sure he's rostered in every single league. It's super encouraging. Karis Levert was horrible to begin with, 0 5 from the field, but ended up on 50% shooting, 24 points, 5 assists and 2 steals, and a perfect 4 of 4 from the line. That brings him back to being the 82nd ranked player this year. He's 66th in points leagues. He was struggling, to be honest, really struggling. This is a good opportunity, I think, to sell high on Levert with Durant out. Maybe there's an opportunity to sell that because he's obviously getting some more opportunities. His usage, 43% here. That's not something that's going to stick when Durant is around. So it's a bit of a sell-high opportunity. As for Brown, 6 points, 6 rebounds, 5 assists, 23 minutes. It's not 12-team worthy for sure, but 16-teamers, 14 maybe, I think they might stick with him in that starting spot vacated by Spencer Dinwiddie. DeAndre Jordan, you already knew to drop him, but please drop him. Five points in nine minutes. He did have four fouls in four minutes. That's why his minutes were low. Let's see what happens if he doesn't get into foul trouble and how Steve Nash manages this, but that was really interesting. Um, Harris only 23 minutes, 10 points, two triples. Let's monitor that. The, he's very easily a 10-team drop to me. And in the 12s, I think we're heading that way. That's for category leagues. For um, points leagues, he's a clear drop in 10 and 12 team leagues. I, I wouldn't be bothering with Joe Harris in those formats. He just had, uh, what do you have today? 12 points and he's averaging just 22 over the course of the season. That's not good enough to be considered a must-hold player. Luawu Cabreau, just a deep league guy, but he loses a ton of value here. While Prince and Green, who started, they didn't play that much. It was more it was Harris and Laverke in those minutes. So starting doesn't always mean everything. So they're not ads really in the majority majority. of situations. I tell you what is an ad though, you going to bet online and adding money into your account because bet online, that is the place to go. It's the one place that will have you covered for whatever you want to bet on sports wise, NFL, college champ, national championship game, the NBA, whatever sport it is, player props, bet online is going to have you covered. They're the, they're the place that has you covered. And they're the one place that we trust betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use the promo code LOCKEDON for your 50% welcome bonus. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action and don't forget to use that promo code LOCKEDON and they give you a 50% welcome bonus. So whatever you deposit, you deposit 200 bucks, they'll give you half of that, another $100 into your account with your first deposit. BetOnline is your online sportsbook experts. Let us now move on to the second game of the day. It was the Los Angeles Lakers and the Memphis Grizzlies. The Lakers get the win in the end, 94-92. Both Anthony Davis and LeBron James played 34 minutes and scored a 26-point double-double. Davis brought the four threes, the three steals, the three blocks. This is what we've been waiting for for Anthony Davis, and he skyrockets back to being inside the top 20 after struggling to be in that area. He's 21st in points leagues as well. He had a massive 58 fantasy points in this game. Montrez Harrell, just 20 minutes for Harrell nine and seven, is he a drop? You know that I wasn't even massively keen on drafting him. I think in ten team leagues you drop him. He's hundred thirtieth ranked player in a ten team league. That's not roster viable. In a twelve teamer, he's going to have better nights than this, but he'll have worse nights than this as well. Uh, it is hard to justify holding on to him. Kyle Kuzma rostered in just far too many leagues. What are we doing here? Not a 12-team league guy. Get his ass as far out of here as possible. And there is surely nobody who listens to this podcast who rosters uh, Kyle Kuzma in a 12-team league. Surely there's nobody. Wes Matthews played a lot. Didn't do too much. Well, the Taylor, remember the Talon Horton Tucker hype? Yeah. All right. He had four points in 22 minutes, while Schroeder has also dropped off a lot. 12 points, six assists in 36 minutes. And he now is also ranked behind Montrezl Harrell for the season. The 131st ranked player, Fell. Way off in points leagues, he's doing a little bit better. I, I probably would hold on to Schroeder over Harrell, but in a ten-team league, they're both both of their roster spots are probably going to have more use streaming. For the Grizzlies, another double double from Valanciunas, thirteen and eleven, but thirty-one percent shooting. Marc Gasol really troubled him in this game. Uh, was getting in on him. Uh, Gasol only credited with one steal. Feel like he had a lot more than that on, on Valanciunas alone. Gorgi Jeng, another big night. Jeng is really playing well. He is a top 120 player this season in only 17 minutes a night. He's not as good in points league, but he's at least moving into the territory for 14-team leagues that you've got to consider him a streamer. 13-4 and four with two steals, What Tyus Jones, only eight points, but this is what you have Tyus Jones for, eight assists and two steals. And that's what we've said all along. If you want steals, if you want assists, he's going to bring them for you, and he's bringing them for you while Ja Morant is out. 29 minutes for Brandon Clark and brought the college defensive numbers. Three steals and a block. Still, the field goal percentage is rough, but good all-round lines here. You still worry that when Morant, Winslow, Jackson return, that what his role is going to be. But for now, he's you know, on the border of a 12-team format. Well, Dylan Brooksy Brooks, you'll be stunned to know that Brooks shot under 40% from the field. 13 points, three threes, two steals on 39% shooting, and he continues to be literally one of the worst players to watch in the NBA. He's trash. He should be replaced by Desmond Bain. It's rough. Kyle Anderson, not a great night from Kyle. 10 points in 29 minutes, but still got 29 minutes. 40% shooting. His three-point shooting is way off. It's never been good, but it's way off. And the assist opportunities were well down for Kyle. He still is the 74th ranked player in a points league and his 92nd ranked player in in a category league. I'm still holding him. But like I said with Clark, once those guys return, it is going to be a little bit harder for him. Bain's more of a 12-team league guy. And we're getting some uh, Xavier Tillman minutes, and I'm here for it. I like Tillman a lot. Uh, eight points in 18 minutes. They're playing him as a four instead of a five, which is curious. I'm not really sure um, that his best position is at the four, but he looked pretty good out there. So for Dynasty League people, I think you want to be paying some attention to uh, Xavier Tillman because it was pretty impressive him out there putting up those, uh, those pretty strong numbers. All right, let's go on to the next game now. It was the uh, Minnesota Timberwolves looking to get some revenge against the Denver Nuggets. The Nuggets got up big early. The Wolves fought back, but then the Nuggets pull away in the end, 123-116. For the Wolves, D'Angelo Russell, probably his best game of the year, rounding into form. 33 with 11 assists, 4 triples and 2 steals. 9 of 10 from the line was also fantastic. But the big surprise, I guess, is show Hernan Gomez. 34 minutes. 25 points, 5 threes, 8 rebounds, 2 steals and a block. That is great. It's fantastic. But 71% shooting for One Show? Um no Josh Akogi in the rotation. We have seen One Show play multiple times, lots and lots of times. And this is a real outlier. Would I be happy to um yeah, add him? Sure. Would I be happy to, you know, sacrifice a lot to get him? No, not even close. Like, he's more of a 14-team league ad. To me, this is not indicative of, you know, the future output of Juancho Hernan Gomez. He's not this good. Um, this was a very, very good night from him, a very hot shooting night. If you add him, try and sell the shit out of him because he isn't that good. And there is a ton of hype about one show. In most 12 teamers, I'd probably just leave him go. I just don't think his upside is that high to waste valuable fab dollars on or a player who's probably better than him in the end. I am intrigued by Jared Vanderbilt. I've been talking about him for about a week or so now. 23 minutes, 11 and 5, three steals, two blocks, some nice passes, 80% from the field. That's all really good stuff from Vanderbilt. Sure as I sneeze uh, live on air. Yes, but Vanderbilt only got these minutes, really, this large amount of minutes is because Reed got into early foul trouble and they played Vanderbilt. Now, I've been saying, I think they should be giving Vanderbilt the shot, if not as the backup power forward, as the, as the starting power forward, at least as the backup. I don't know if he's earned his way into that playing time. I, I hope he has. He's ranked significantly better ahead of one show so far on the season, 177th in just 13 minutes. He's the name I want to look at. If I'm in a 16-team league, I'd be happily adding Vanderbilt just to see what happens. I don't know where the minutes are going to go. It's very hard to judge. Jake Lehman should not be in that discussion at all. Uh, I'd play Vanderbilt over Ed Davis at backup center. I am really interested to see what he can do. He, to me, is the one of the most intriguing players in the league who sort of falls under the radar somewhat. I'm really interested. I wouldn't add him in 12s, but I'm watching him really closely. Bad night for Malik Beasley, 15 points in 38 minutes. Well, the Ed Davis starting experiment. What's the point? Four fouls for him there. Rick Rubio, uh, I think we're dropping Rubio. Zero points in 21 minutes. He looks off, he looks slow, he looks old. He's not getting enough minutes and that to me is a drop. Jarrett Cole was terrible. Four points in 22 minutes, while Naz Reid picked up 5,000 in 10 minutes. He only had two points. Now, Reid is fine as a short-term guy with uh, Karl-Anthony Towns out, but there is some positive news on Towns. They said he's going to be reevaluated after the next game in Minnesota. We don't know whether that means he's coming back, but they say he's progressing steadily. So that's encouraging news. Now, and again, if you want that open roster spot, then Reid is someone you can move on from. Anthony Edwards, 15 points in 26 minutes on 32% shooting. I just don't like his overall game for fantasy, especially he's not getting enough minutes. He's not doing enough. He's outside the top 200. I am not just holding on to him uh, for dear life for a guy that may not ever crack the top 120 this year. That's sort of how I see uh, see him. I'll tell you what else I see though. Built Bar, because it's the best tasting protein bar ever. Six brand spanking new flavors to join the original roster, the original 12 flavors. We've got Apple Almond Crisp, Carrot Cake, lemon Almond Cheesecake, Cherry barcia, Cookies and Cream, and Caramel Brownie. They are covered in 100% chocolate and they are soft and easy to chew. Built Bar is great for the health conscious person who is looking to lose or to maintain their current weight. The bars are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, and high fiber, and they are great if you are on a keto diet. The Cherry barcia Bar has seven, 70- 17 grams of protein with just 130 calories and only four grams of sugar and four grams of net carbs. So go to builtbar.com and use the promo code locked on and you'll get 20% off your next order. The promo code is locked on for 20% off at builtbar.com. All right, let's flip it over now to the next game. It was the San Antonio Spurs knocking off the LA Clippers in LA, 116-113. Um. Paddy Mills, unbelievable. 27 points with eight triples in 29 minutes. Now he's going to get a couple of extra minutes with Derek White out. But again, this is a massive outlier. He is not a player that's scoring 27 points. He's not playing 29 minutes and he's not hitting eight threes. He he gave you one rebound and one assist and he's been pretty good this year. Like really good as a solid 14 team league guy as a solid enough streamer. But this is a massive, massive outlier for Mills. If you streamed him in today, congratulations. It worked really well. But as a ongoing sort of thing. It just isn't a realistic expectation. So you can go and add Juan Hernan Gomez because he went hot today and you can go and add Paddy Mills because he put up big numbers today and that's fine. But when you have to have a look at what happens in the future, how likely is it they ever beat what they did today or even produce value that's even remotely close to that? And in most cases, it's a no. But we say, well, that's what I try to do. Look at it, go, is this repeatable in any degree? That's why, you know, look, Kelly Lenick, hey, add this guy because what he's doing is marginally repeatable. That is not. DeJounte Murray, 21-5-5 five and five with two steals. Good bounce back for him, while the Mustang, Keldon Johnson, had nine points, 11 rebounds, and four assists. A poor shooting night, but still found value in other areas. It was great to see LaMarcus Aldridge back on the court. It wasn't a great performance from him. He didn't play down the stretch either. He's returning from that knee issue, but 25 minutes, 14 and six, two threes. The 38% shooting remains a real worry for Aldridge, but if he is on my waiver wire, I will add him and has been a terrible start to the season, but I will add him and let's just have some faith there. Uh, while DeMar DeRozan had 6-5-6 and, and only 29 minutes because it was guys like Rudy Gay and it was Patty Mills and DeJounte Murray who were really driving this for the Spurs. Lonnie Walker remains a terrible fantasy player. Nine points in 30 minutes with one rebound and one assist. At least he did have two steals, but he is not someone you should be caring too much about for fantasy. For the Clippers, didn't really think I'd be sitting here talking about playing or getting 33 minutes out of Patrick Beverly, but 20 points, six triples, eight rebounds, eight assists, and two blocks. Now, Beverly's numbers have been creeping up, but this, again, is a massive outlier. He's not going to be this good most nights, and he's not going to play this much most nights. There was no Paul George, so that accounts for some of the increase in Beverly's minutes, but this is just not realistic. Kawhi Leonard, the fun guy, had 30 with 10 assists and two steals, and he probably sits tomorrow, while Nick Batum, one of his better recent games, 21-9 in 36 minutes with two threes. Batum is having back-end 12-team league value, and while George is banged up and while Leonard is resting and while Morris is out, he's fine to have, but his upside is extraordinarily low. And while it is fine for now to have him, just having enough value in that spot does not mean he is a must-hold player. The Duck Luke Kennard played 38 minutes. He had 9-6 and six in 38. Yeah, it's not great. He'll get another shot at it tomorrow, but you know, only a stream option. Well, I think we dropped Serge Ibaka to be honest. Now I probably jinxed it when I said people were really hyping him up. They said, man, he's he's playing so well. And I said, yeah, look, but he's shooting 71 from two. That's gonna fall down. I don't even know if he's hit 40% yet in any game since then. One of seven for three points. He did have two blocks in 25 minutes, but he is trending in the wrong direction. In a 10-team league, I'd be happy to drop a barker, and I'd probably do that in a 12-teamer. In in most of those situations as well uh Zubats didn't do too much and he's probably more of that 14 to 16 team league player also all right so let's move on to the last game of the night the Chicago Bulls beat the Portland Trailblazers 111 108 Zach Levine coming up huge late in this game to get the victory let's start with things from the Chicago Bulls side of things 43 minutes for Levine 18 points, 9 assists, 2 blocks. A rough efficiency night, but he was pretty good otherwise. A lot of minutes for Garrett Temple. 28 of them, in fact. 14 points, 3 steals, 4 threes. He's playing well. This is his best fantasy performance. Only a deeper league guy. Otto Porter was great as well, 19 and 13. How that all fits in when Markinen and Sadoransky and that returns remains to be seen. There could be a real minutes crunch. I think Patrick Williams might lose out quite a bit. Porter was really good there. If he's on your wire, yeah, add him, but there is still some concern about that. Wendell Carter Jr., they went really small at the end. They played Thad Young again at center, which I'm not sure I love, but they did get the win. Wendell had 13 and three. He had five assists. He had a steal on a block. It's not the greatest line out there, but it's still pretty solid. While Williams had 14 points in his 25 minutes, I think he is a 12-team droppable player. Kobe White, better mention him. 21 and 10, 5 assists, 42% shooting. There are people that were entertaining the idea of dropping him. You never do that under any circumstance for this season. So he... We had a nice bounce back there. For the Blazers, CJ McCollum's hot streak continues. I, I still think he's a sell high. 26 in 36 minutes with six threes, four assists, and three steals. The steal numbers are absolutely astronomical. The usage is astronomical. I, I just don't know how it continues, but he has taken his game to another level. Didn't get to the free throw line today, though. Damian Lillard, 25, four, 24, 5, and 9 with 82% from the line on 11 attempts, while it was also a good Robert Covington game. 14 and 6 in 37 minutes, four threes, a steal, and a block. Have I saved the best to last? I don't know if it's the best, but Yusuf Nurkic played 28 minutes. He had 12, 11, and 6. He blocked a shot. It would have been much better had he not missed a bunch of easy layups around the rim. 40% there. But Nurkic just looked better. Don't drop him. Hold, Hold on. Buy low. He looked better. Canter played 16 minutes, had 2 and 10. And that's what I talked about with cantor having that big game against the Warriors. He won't do anything like that again this season. It is not a matter of cantor and Nurkic being seen as being equal and yeah, him eating into his minutes. It's Nurkic had sucked, so they went to Canter. When Nurkic is rolling, he's the guy that gets the minutes. Now, they did go smaller at times down the stretch here, which is a little bit frustrating with the minutes. And Nurkic still had four fouls, three of them early, and that limited him somewhat. But you can see it happening. You can see it coming back to him. Uh, Derek Jones Jr. played a lot of minutes and brought defensive numbers. Three steals and a block. He had a great dunk. He just does nothing else. He just can't score. He doesn't pass. He doesn't rebound. The three steals and a block are great, and that has value for him if that's what you need in your league. Gary Trent, 13 points in only 19 minutes, while Mallow had 12 points in 28 minutes. Melo still had somehow the worst plus minus on the team. They play him way too much. Um, You feel like almost the team and the organization is just beholden to playing him these minutes when they should be going to guys like Trent. And not saying Mello cost them the game, but it's a continual pattern. And it must be a little bit frustrating for Blazers fans. I am uh, 100% sure that is the case. All right, let's have a look now at some other news uh, or the the ads across the last 24 hours. Eric Gordon's ad percentage has absolutely skyrocketed up to 29.8%, up 29.8%. Oops, that was the wrong uh, the wrong slide. Apologize for that. That was yesterday's one. Let's look at today's one. My bad. Hey, early season kinks. Um, Kelly Linux up 36.5%. Massive ad needs to be added in 12 team leagues. Nick Patoum up 21%. Now, that was mainly for streaming today, and he was really good today. Tomorrow, there's an 11-game slate. He'll get a big run again with Kawhi most likely out. Man, he's fine to hold on to. Royce O'Neal was likely streamed for today, 17.6% up. Uh, He's not a must-hold guy, but he can have some value. Eric Gordon up another 15% today. Let's see what he does tomorrow, but he's a 12-team ad, while the Rock DJ, Robbie Williams, up 14%. On the back of what he did last game, it's just hard to see how that upside all comes to fruition for Williams, unfortunately, with Thompson and Tice both there. The biggest drops, Dylan right down 13%. Now, maybe d gets an opportunity on Wednesday with no Hayes and maybe no Josh Jackson. It might not happen. I understand dropping him. I also understand Norman Powell being down by 13%. He's a drop. Newlands Noel down by 8%. He's a drop. Cam Johnson down by 8%. I never understood why he was an ad. He's a drop. And Daniel Tice down by 8% as well. A pretty clear drop right across the board. So let's go. Who is the monstrous line of the night? It is Big Chungus, Nikola Jokic. Let's play the music again. Um, Awesome. 35 points, 15 rebounds, six assists for Jokic, three steals, a block... 60% from the field, 83% from the line, and after today's game, he has jumped to be the number one player in fantasy basketball this year, averaging 24, 12, and 12 with 1.4 steals on 61% shooting. Now, there are some areas that are going to probably come down. The assist numbers probably drop. He's five assists per game better than last year. His field goal percentage is almost uh, nine percentage points higher than last year. That probably comes down. He's shooting 50% more in terms of free throw attempts, so that could possibly come down, but otherwise, everything, he's, he's so, good he would have to be close to close to the mvp favorite at this point big chungus a big uh, a big night for him no doubt as he continues his unbelievable start to the season no uh, no early season downtime for jokic maybe he just hates november and it's not about the start of the season he just literally just doesn't just doesn't like the month of november and once we crack into december he rolls and the season started in december so it's all december for nikola jokic this year um Rookie watch. The rookie of the night was Devin Vassell of the San Antonio Spurs. Vassell played only 17 minutes, but he had a career-high 12 points, hit a career-high three triples, and shot 80% from the field. Now, he had been getting steals in pretty good numbers, didn't get them here. He's averaging five points with a three and a steal per game in just those 16 minutes. But when maximum Derek White does eventually return, Vassell probably isn't going to be in the rotation, but it's still been a strong start to the year. And I think that he's a guy that, in short order, is probably going to be better than Lon Walker, and we'll jump into that rotation probably next season on a more permanent basis. But a pretty strong night from Devin Vassell um, on uh, on Tuesday's action in the Spurs' big win over the LA Clippers. All right, now let's get ready to have a look at Wednesday's action in the NBA. We have got uh, eleven games on, so let's uh, let's crack in and look at those now. All right, so the first game of the day, the Houston Rockets in the Indiana Pacers. The Pacers here are favored by two, and the total is 227. Of course, no TJ Warren for the Pacers. Aaron Holiday is a minimum salary player because he's been producing like a minimum salary player, but he is starting. So there is at least GPP upside and he's going to be low rostered on an 11-game slate. Justin Holiday at 4,000, looks really strong as a cash guy, while Sabonis at 8,800 and Malcolm Brogdon at 82, both. They look both pretty good to me. Miles Turner, um, 7,400. Now he was in foul trouble and fouled out in just 23 minutes last game and still had 30 points. He has been putting up some big numbers. I'm not sure how high his upside is, but he's worth at least a look. Oladipo at 72 also looks good. And James Harden at 112. I think that might be too high for Harden. Although the last three times against Indiana, he's averaged over 70 FanDuel points. Christian Wood at 9,100 is just no way. It's just way too high for Christian Wood. I have zero interest in him at that salary. The Cavs and the Magic. No spread out for this one. There's no Darius Garland. There is no Michael Carter Williams, but it looks like James Ennis and Isaac Okoro will return. Dante Exum is out. Kevin Love is out for the Cavs, while Evan Fournier is questionable for the Magic. Okoro's is at 3,600, so just a tick over minimum salary. I don't hate using him here. I think he's at least a GPP guy, same as minimum salary Damian Dotson, who's probably going to get another start for uh, Darius Garland. He had 22 last game. Fultz is down to 5,800. That looks alright, but. He's He's been underperforming, only for GPPs. Terry Ross at 55 looks strong in both formats, while Colin Sexton, the Padawan, 7,100. We know the problem with uh, Sexton is that he just struggles with everything outside of scoring, but that's, it can be okay. It just limits his upside. 9,500 for Drummond's probably too high, while 87 for Nikola Vucevic looks to be a good price. Chetty Osman's at 52. They've bumped him up $1,200 because he went bananas last time against the Magic. 43 points in that one in 38 minutes. If Okoro's back, I'm not really sure that Osman's going to get those same opportunities. So I wouldn't be tripping all over myself to go and add him to a roster, to a lineup. The Wizards and the Sixers. The Sixers are six and a half point favorites and the total is 231.5 points here. Embiid's at 9,900. He should wreck Thomas Bryant, so I like that one. Tyrese Maxey's a minimum salary player. And he had almost 20 points last game. He looked really good. I'm not saying to advocate to use him. I think I'd prefer someone like Aaron Holiday, but I'm not completely against throwing Maxey in. I think there's probably better options out there though. Bertans at 46, no. Seth Curry at 52, no. Now, Tom Bryant at 68. If Brian hadn't risen by $1,000 and he wasn't playing against Joel Embiid, he would be absolutely viable. He would be actually awesome to use. But the Embiid combined with the $1,000 price rise probably sours me somewhat. Russ is at ten-seven, which looks not bad. It's probably edging a little bit towards too high. Same as uh, the thick hogsman, Tobias Harris at 7900 Um, I think I am a TH. T to the H. Yeah, TH for life. 10,000 for Bradley Beal looks like a smidge over. I don't think it's outrageous to use him, but I think it's probably just a smidge over. He's more of a 9 2 9 3 sort of a player in my mind. The Hornets and the Hawks. The Hawks are six point favourites. The total is 231, one of the biggest totals of the night. Will the mellow ball start? We don't know, but I do like Clint Capella at 6,500, and I love John Collins at 68. Both of those guys are in play and could really wreck this Hornets team. LaMelo's at 6,900, which is, apart from being Giggity. one of those, it is also not a bad price. I think it's it's erring on the high side, while Cam Reddish at 46 is only for tournaments. Gordy Haywood at 77 is not the greatest. I don't mind Devontae Graham at 51, and I know that sounds weird because I've been talking him down, but just as a tournament guy that no one will be using, if he gets the shots to eventually fall, there's value there. I think 9,400 for Trey Young looks alright, as does 4,500 for um, Kevin Herter, and the 6,000 for DeAndre Hunter is probably probably a little bit on the high side in my mind. Next up, the Utah Jazz and the Knicks. The Jazz on a back-to-back, and they still are favored by six points at this point. And the total is 215. Mitchie Robinson's at 5,500. There is foul trouble issues against Gobert, but he's been pretty good in that regard, Mitch. So I think he's worth looking at. While Rowan Barrett's at 65, I love Barrett at that price. I also like Alfred Payton at 53 and the double Royal Julius Randle at 9,000. you got Rudy Gobert coming in at 8,200. That's probably too high. While well, the Don, Donovan Mitchell... is Don. gone. He's good. He's at 8,200. Also, probably a little bit too high. I guess you can look at Emmanuel Quik- quickly at 3,700, but that's only a GPP option because it is really just so hard to trust Tom Thibodeau and the minutes that he gives to rookies. Next up, it's Boston, and it is the Miami Heat Eastern Conference Finals rematch. The Heat are two and a half point favorites, and the total is 218. Jeff Teague and Marcus Smart remain questionable for Boston. Um, Smart's at 5,900, and look, if he plays, I love that. That's a great price for Marcus Smart if he does play. Linux at 5,000, I love that as well. He's killing it at the moment. That's great pricing, while 8,100 for Jimmy Butler's on the high side, as is 86 for Adebayo. Jason Tatum's at 9,400, averaging 50 over the last three. I can definitely justify spending 9,400 on Jason Tatum. Dunk Robinson, probably not. Well Jalen Brown at eight thousand feels it feels too high. Uh Peyton Pritchard at forty seven hundred is a big price rise. And if Smart Antigue do play, it is very, very tough to be able to utilize him at that salary. Just the minutes may may not be there or most likely won't be there. The Detroit Pistons, Killian Hayes is doubtful, while Josh Jackson is questionable. Now, both of those guys are out there, and that means surely, surely DeLon Wright has to play a little bit. I'm not saying we're going to use him necessarily, but there is an opportunity. The Bucks are 13.5 point favourites, and the total is 226.5. The big ragu, Dante DiVincenzo, is 4,800. That looks great to me. And Yanni's at 11 11.4. Um, uh, I'm in on Yanni. Giannis, Oh. Yes. Punch Bob's at 47, no thanks. Middleton at 77, no thank you either. Well, Jeremy Grant at 73. Now, Blake Griffin will return for Detroit. Grant at 7,300 a little bit high, but I actually think it works okay for him. I, I'd be all right, all right with using that. And I love Derek Rose at 6,000. Some real value with him with Hayes likely to be sidelined. And Drew Holiday's putting up the numbers, but at 7,200, just think we can probably find some better options out there. Let's move on to the next one. It is the, uh, oh, that's went too quickly. The Oklahoma City Thunder and the New Orleans Pelicans. The Pelicans, eight-point favorites. The total, 213. Eric Bledsoe is at 5,300. Jump on that. Love that for Bledsoe. Great, great price. While Gildas Alexander's dropped to 7,500. I'm not sure it's dropped enough. He's averaging 27 FanDuel points in his last three, and it's just been a bit concerning. I'd rather spend 1,000 less on Lonzo Ball and take him at 6,500. 5300 for Al Horford's a tough one to me while Stephen Adams at 6000 he had 35 last time against his former team. I think there's limited upside for Adams but not bad cash value. I like Ingram at 88 while Zion at 79 it feels like it's on the high side and baisley has gone up to 6000 and I don't I don't mind it but I'm not I'm not completely in on Baisley up at 6000 when he's a 5700 guy. He is a lot more appealing. Toronto and Phoenix, the Suns are three and a half point favourites, the total 217.5. We have seen Toronto struggle this season. Uh, Booker's at 7,600, that is, it's very low. We've seen Booker at 9,000, 10,000, maybe not 10, but. Definitely over nine. And it's because he is struggling a bit, but he had 41 last game. I'm okay with him there. Bridges at 5,500 is a cash option. Chris Paul at 73 is all right without being great. While the wiki Chris Boucher, I don't like that he's up at 6,200. It's just too volatile. Maybe in a tournament, but even in a tournament, is it is it enough? Or is there enough value in that price? I, I lean no. Dondre Ayton's at 72. His last two games have been pretty good. Not, not bad with that one. Siakam's at 75. I like that it's come down and he has done well against Phoenix in the past, but he's obviously struggling. While well, Van Vliet at 8,000, that looks to be a pretty good price tag to me at this point. The Chicago Bulls, they are on a back to back taking on the Sacramento Kings. The Kings are seven point favourites and the total is 231.5. Wendell Carter's at 4,900. That's worth a GPP look. And Bud Hield's all the way down at 52. I like that for Hield, who is struggling. Quite a bit. We don't know if Tyrese Halliburton's playing, but he is questionable, so that's a positive sign. Fox is at 78. Hopefully he can destroy this uh, Bulls backcourt, while Marvin Bagley, I just want nothing to do with that. Kobe White at 6,200. Probably not, while Rashawn Holmes at 63 feels a little bit too high. And I don't mind the pencil. Harrison Barnes. Barnesy. 6,100. Not a bad cash play. Levine at 8,100 also. Comes in okay without being spectacular. He's been pretty inconsistent this year, Levine. The last game is the Clippers and the Warriors. We're expecting no Marcus Morris and no Kawhi Leonard. Paul George may play. He sat out on Tuesday. We don't know this for sure. Um, Oubre's at 5,300. I love that for him. Lou Williams at 4,000. is a GPP guy. And Kennard at 39 would be pretty strong for cash and for tournaments, assuming he's going to start in place of Kawhi. Uh, James Wiseman at 4,800, only for tournaments. Hard to trust his minutes at this point, while Steph Curry's at 10,000. He has been just annihilating teams. Can he do it to the Clippers? I'm a little bit hesitant at 10,000 for Curry. I don't completely dislike it, but I also don't think that it's one of the better plays out on the board. That'll do it for us today. Subscribe, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, YouTube. Give a review if you still can. Uh, Over on Apple Podcasts, hit the bell for notifications. Leave a comment down below on this video. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.